We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday. I have to make sure I'm checking my uh, phone correctly. That's right. Tuesday, November 16th edition of the Roto-R NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle. Alongside me is Jake Letarski. Each and every week, we get you set for your week, uh, whatever it is. In this case, week 11, waiver wire. Week 11. Yeah, week 11. It's incredible to think that we are now at this point of the season. We are mid-November. We are inching ever closer to the Thanksgiving games, just like my unofficial, oh, crap, the NFL season's almost done kind of deadline. Uh, it's, it's insane that we've gotten to that point. So, uh, Jake, before we really get into the Week 11 wave wire pickups and uh, the recap of the 49ers stomping of the Rams, let's get a word from our sponsors, our title sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Run Awards, making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks, I have an incredible offer for you with Rower's newest partner, WinBet, the premier Digital Casino and Sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotor's Fantasy Podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with the user-friendly interface, Moneyline Bets, Boosted Parlays, Over-Unders, Rod Robbins, Live Betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want to break from sports betting, head into WinBet's Digital Casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for our fantasy podcast. Okay, Jake, hey, I heard that you went to the Badger game last night. That well, you know what? I was really excited to go to the Badger game, and then Johnny Davis got ruled out, and he is their best player. And everyone's kind of running laps and dunking on the Badgers today, as they deserve because they played very poorly. But you know, I still got some optimism if they didn't have their you know number one player in the game. 
I'll be honest, I, I don't even know how good the Badgers are this season or who they played last night. This is coming from a guy who lives in Madison, Wisconsin. I probably should be aware of this stuff as a relatively big sports fan. So I, I, I completely blanked on everything so far. Wake me up in like February when we get yeah, close yeah, to the Yeah, yeah, That's how most people are, and I, yeah. and I definitely get that. But, uh, yeah, if you do ever want to check out college basketball stuff, I'm, I'm definitely your man. But, unfortunately, no, my Badgers – they're they're a young developing team. I think uh, they're going to have a real hard time against some of the grown men that the Big Ten Conference has to offer this year. Well, that gave you an excuse to not watch the 49ers thrashing of the Rams. That was two consecutive uh, weeks now that Matthew Stafford has thrown a pick six. And while it wasn't as embarrassing as last week's left-handed throw, uh, and then also the Kevin Bayard jump pick six, this one bounced off of I forget whose hands. And the 49ers ran back, and you blinked, and they were already up 21 nothing in the first half. It was kind of an incredible game, and honestly, uh, I think more of the story coming out of that contest is Niners might actually have some life in terms of the playoff race. I mean, there's that seventh seed now for a reason. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's the Bears' playoff spot. I think this year it could be the Niners, and they have a soft schedule save for a few games. And Odell Beckham didn't look great in his debut at the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford... I mean- Stupidly yeah. targeted him uh, in the double safety coverage. Beckham gave up a drop interception. We were, yeah. at, we were at the nitty gritty beforehand, and nice. we thought like the the very first couple of plays. So I saw that play where it's almost like Stafford chucked it up, right? And he's like, "Well, I threw it to you, so you can't complain now, yep. right?" And, mm-hmm. and I threw it to you, and look what happened. So no, this is interesting. I expected uh, I expected a pretty big. I mean, we knew Cooper Cup was going to get his volume, right? Um, I expected pretty big things from Van, Van Jefferson too, which, uh, you know, only seven targets despite the game flow here, you know, is a little concerning because at the time we recorded the show last week, uh, Robert Woods, that news, I mean, Robert Woods didn't even know that news when he was giving his press conference on Friday. I right. mean, uh, so that's a little bit shocking, and it, I guess it makes more sense that, uh, I mean, Odell Beckham made the wrong choice, but he's chose L.A. over Snow, so I guess I can't blame him too much. Um, yeah, the Woods thing came after they signed Odell, too. Yeah, it wasn't even it like did, the Rams yeah. made that choice uh, independently. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cup actually got a lot of his targets towards the end on that final drive, which was uh, not important at all from like a game perspective of fantasy-wise. I think Cup got four four catches for 40 yards on that final drive, was otherwise kind of kept in check. And on that target, it passed Odell Beckham. Cup was wide open and honestly probably would have been the person that Stafford would have thrown to if he wasn't just like, all right, time to get Odell involved. Double coverage. Let's see what happens here. It was yeah. it was a bad game, and as a Packers fan, I'm happy to see some bad games out of the Rams. Yeah. Though hopefully, here's, in two here's weeks the question for you though: Do you think Odell makes it through the rest of the regular season with the Rams? Yes, yes, yep. I do. Yep. I don't uh, know. I might consider the under on that, but we'll see. He was I, already barking on again from the five minutes of that game that I saw. He was already chirping on the sideline a little bit. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see about that. Yeah, I think he's going to be there. Unfortunately, I I think Beckham kind of cuts into the Van Jefferson workload, you almost had like an incredibly prophetic moment Tuesday discussing what Van Jefferson could be in that Rams offense. If cup or uh, Robert Woods went down, <laughs> so behold, Woods does go down Friday. And then Van Jefferson still won't have the top role because Odell is going to be at least there to siphon some of the workload. There are a few shallow leagues that I'm in that Odell Beckham was available prior to uh, the signing no. on Friday, he's picked up everywhere by that point. But I, yeah, I looked last night just for the heck of it because it's like, okay, he was just on the free on, right. on the waiver wire in in real life, but he was not. He was only on the waiver wire in ten percent of fantasy leagues when I checked last yeah. night prepping the show. So you know that surprised me a little bit, but you know it, it is what it is. The name gets you somewhere, that's for sure. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, like in the NFFC, obviously one of the more cutthroat competitions out there, he was cut. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Let's go ahead and try to get him. The bid was like $550. It was almost yeah, the entire max budget on that stuff. It was I crazy. Just, 
I don't understand that. I actually don't understand that. Cutting him or going max budget or max bid on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the point of the year where you max bid your guys, right? right. If there's a guy out there, like if, it, you know, we'll get to it. But if A.J. Dillon somehow, he's only available in like 28% mm-hmm. of leagues. But if he's out there, you use everything. Dump him, right? You know, you have to yes. get him. Um, so, you know, if you get your guy, you know, that's the strategy at this point. I just don't understand. You know, maybe Odell Beckham sees his role grow a little bit. Maybe he's not entirely washed. But but what if he is? You know, you can send him back to the waiver wire in two more weeks. So, I, I don't know. I, I, guess I, I just don't get it. I have zero shares, and I'm not interested in acquiring any. As the fantasy football trade deadline approaches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, it, it'll be interesting. I think the biggest takeaway from Monday's game, besides the Odell, Beckham, Van Jefferson debate, at least for our purposes, 49ers defense might be trending upwards. And you mentioned on our rundown, they have Jacksonville in week 11. And, and if you look at their schedule – I think there was, th- uh, and it popped just briefly last night while I was watching, mm-hmm. three of the next four games I think you can get by with the Niners as a top seven or eight fantasy defense, even with how bad they've struggled this season. So while great, obviously perfect matchup against Jacksonville this week, I think they're one of the top pickups possibly overall because their next couple weeks, you can more or less say you got that spot filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're 47% rostered, so definitely – the availability meets our threshold. I mean, you can't argue with that schedule ahead. There's not much more I can offer beyond that. Yeah, Jacksonville next week. I guess the Vikings, you're not really confident starting as the Vikings. But the Seahawks in week 13, and I think you could start them the way that offense is looking at the moment against the Seahawks. And Bengals in week 14, hit or miss. Uh, then you have the Falcons, Titans, Texans, weeks 15 through 17 fantasy playoffs. Two of those three, I think you could easily start in the fantasy playoff stuff. So I, that's I think Niners defense is an interesting one, especially for this week. And you mentioned 40, 47% rostered uh, easily meets our threshold. So let's go ahead and uh, stop first for a word from our sponsors from Blue Wire before we get into the quarterbacks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. So week 11 overall, you had mentioned before you hopped on the air, and I, I agree with you, a little mundane in terms of waiver wire pickups. The top injury, Aaron Jones, the Packers likely missed at least one or two weeks. So the Packers bye week in week 13, I imagine they, they hold Aaron Jones out. I hope they do as a, as a fan. 
but AJ Dillon, I mean, rostered in like 80, 85% of leagues at the moment, likely isn't going to be available for most formats. So it was they- 72%. 72%. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, of course, now I'm regretting this, but I think in a 10 teamer, I cut him during by apocalypse oh, in like week yeah. six. You know, that's things. But, you know, when he was getting single digit points every single week and it's a 10 team league, you know, you had to make some calls. Uh, so, yeah, I regret that, of course, but uh, he's definitely your top dude for sure. Yeah. If, if he is available, I'm just, I'm just saying for a lot of the listeners out there, likely not. So, yeah, because he's not. of leagues, probably less as of right now. Yeah, bit of a mundane run through uh, for the week 11 waiver wire pickups, but that's fine. You get to listen to our wonderful voices and us discuss the merits of Cam Newton, who might be at least one of the biggest names on the week 11 slate, not necessarily the greatest names. Mm-hmm. Expected to be the starting Panthers quarterback moving forward. Honestly, it could be the rest of the season. I don't anticipate Sam Darnold's going to be coming back this year. PJ Walker was fine enough in the Panthers' blowout win over the Cardinals. And while I have not been a Cam Newton fan for the past three or four years, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, Cam Newton, he might be better than P.J. Walker. I don't think I'm making an incredible leap when I say that I'm from a fantasy perspective. If the Panthers use Newton like they did this past Sunday, goal line threat, able to run the ball, that does provide some fantasy uh, utility, not even in super flex leagues, but I think in 12-team formats too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. He was uh, you know, he was signed during the week, and then it was, oh, maybe he'll have a role, or maybe he'll be available. Oh, maybe he'll have a role, and then he comes in, and, uh, you know, anyone that was using P.J. Walker in, in Superflex leagues definitely got burned by that. <laughs> Newton came in and was used for red zone packages immediately. He threw a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. Um, I mean, he's going to start. He's got some weapons on this team. They finally got McCaffrey healthy. I think uh, you can say Robbie Anderson's upgraded, arguably, with Newton around. Um, well, basically, any receiver's up, upgraded when you go from Walker to Newton. So that's fair enough. Um are you expecting to be a game changer in single quarterback leagues? No, but maybe a stream option. And definitely he would be, I think for super flex leagues at this point in time, I think it's a bid the rest of your, your money on. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I guess in super flex leagues, super flex leagues. That yeah, makes sense. Right? Yep. Because he was going to be zero yeah. unless you picked him up late in the week or they allowed that, you know, if he's available this cycle of waivers, then I think it's a bid the rest of your money on him because, you know, I, he's he's at home. He never wanted to leave Caroline in the first place. Right. People forget that. You know, he had that post. He was like, they kind of they kind of ushered him right out of there. For, well, it's because nobody can read his hieroglyphics of social media posts. That's why we're all we're all confused. Yeah, that might be it. Um, Yeah, that could be part of it. But, you know, it's I mean, it's not a new uh, coaching regime here. So. Right. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a pretty similar front officer, but, but anyway, um, but no, he liked being there. I think he's going to enjoy being here. He's going to try to milk the rest of the season into getting one more contract in the NFL. There'll be, if he has a good rest of this season, if he even gets them in the playoff hunt, some team will offer him a contract next year with, you know, right. quarterbacks and it's not a great quarterback draft either. So people are going to be looking for bridge guys and, uh, yeah, so no, he'll be someone in super flex leagues. It's bid the rest of your budget. Uh, he get he loves that goal line work. He's going to get those quarterback sneaks. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um, and, you know, he'll be just okay enough as a passer. I mean, the defense is good in Carolina. They don't have to ask him to do a ton. Right. But, uh, well, McCaffrey's but, back, too. I think that helps things as well, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's one of the better wide receiver groups around mm-hmm. out there. You know, they haven't always lived up to expectations because, you know, you have Anderson, you have DJ Moore, and, uh, you know, Terrace Marshall, who we've always thought high of. So, no, he is uh, – you could argue in Superflex, he's the top pickup this week, I think. And I don't really think there's much of a debate about that. Okay. Um, we had a, at least a user question here from Jay Red. His quarterbacks are Russell Wilson and Joe Burrow. Should he start one of those or get Tua and Tannehill? I, I was interested, at least in Tannehill, 
who plays the Texans defense this week. I, I don't know who two is playing necessarily, at least right now. I know it's not a very good opponent either, but that's an interesting one. Uh, two is playing the Jets. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be playing two at all. But Tannehill is interesting, the Texans. Joe Burrow also has a juicy matchup, though, against the Raiders defense. Yeah, I know they I know they both had, you know, pretty rough matchups here. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know, I'm more worried about Wilson than Burrow because if Wilson can't throw, then you know what's gonna happen here. Uh, but Burrow gets the Raiders in their number 20th against opposing quarterbacks. I think you just go ahead and start Burrow here in this situation. That'd be my pick. I, I would go with Burrow as well, too. And I, I guess I'll say we're going to talk about the Titans wide receivers a little bit more uh, later in the show after Julio Jones was placed on injured reserve Saturday. That makes a difference when you have both Julio Jones and Derrick Henry gone. I don't care how good or not good you believe Ryan Tannehill to be. I think losing both those guys will make a, a tremendous difference uh, when you're talking about a, a quarterback performance. We saw this past week. Tannehill just wasn't all that effective or very good. I only bring up Tannehill because there's not a lot of tremendous quarterback options overall baker mayfield is listed as day-to-day maybe case keenum could be an interesting option against the lions this week uh you could talk lions, to yep. yeah that's what i said right yep yeah no i'm okay. saying i'm just saying the lions that alone makes that sense. that's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah play anybody against lions it's, it's no brainer right uh zach wilson has a couple of interesting matchups if he's able to come back yeah. uh upcoming here trevor simeon is been kind mm-hmm. of okay which yeah is gross it's it, they're all they're all quick hitters well you know with the jets they've got the dolphins and the texans who are you know 20 late 20s both of those teams in in opposing defenses here uh you know and then mike white had the bad four pick showing and, and wilson had a little bit of practice time so you know if you're looking for two quarterback leagues or streamers he gets in the mix here I think the Zach Wilson one is the most interesting part to me because again he has the dolphins and texans over the next two weeks if he's able to play you know, I think we've seen the Jets offense have some life, whether it be Mike White or not. I know Mike White was disappointing, to say the least, after his number one overall comments that came out this past week. But those four interceptions, I got to imagine the Jets turn back to Wilson if he's healthy. It's just a matter of if he's healthy or not. If he's not, would you consider playing Mike Mike White in a super flex league? In a super flex league, definitely. I okay, mean, with those matchups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in your single quarterback leagues, I mean, you'd – you have to look down the list. You know, you could probably throw out, I mean, Danny Dimes is 30% roster. He's at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mac Jones at, at Atlanta. You know, Jimmy G even is at Jacksonville, and he played enough well enough this week. I mean, even Tua, I mean, Tua looked better with a busted finger than rusted, and he gets the yes. Jets this week. Yep. So, um, you know, there, there are single quarterback streaming options that are better than some of these quick hitters that we're going through for the two quarterback leagues. I should probably flip these on uh, on the outline. I like Jimmy G a little bit against that Jacksonville defense. They can stop the run well enough. And I think that sets the stage for Debo Samuel and Kittle and Ayuk to do pretty well. And when there's such a short funnel, but going to the guys that are actually really good for the 49ers, like we saw last night against the Rams, that's going to be a successful spot for Grapple. And we've seen him do some running things at the goal line. It's like an unexpected type of thing. I don't know. I like Garoppolo of those options, at least if you have to really dig deep for your uh, you know, QB one this week. Lance, see uh, any snaps last last no. night? I, you know, no. I missed that. I yet. think he's still injured yet. Okay, yeah, he doesn't. You know, our last note is November first. Doesn't enter game by design. Maybe he's a little still. We'll have to dig something up there. But uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, if, as long as he's not a factor of altering goal line stuff from Jimmy G, he definitely gets back in the streamer conversation as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, while we have some time before jumping to, to the running backs. We'll get another running back question. Smokey the Cat asks, should I trade Delvin Cook for Ezekiel Elliott and T. Higgins? He has both Pollard and Madison on his bench. I think in that case, 
the bench options really don't change too much for me. Uh, the concern ends up being Delvin's legal situation. And, and I actually was on uh, with Mario Puig uh, on Sirius XM. I think it was Saturday discussing what that could be for the future. He was like, I'll trade anything for Delvin Cook. I just don't want to even deal with the possibility of that. I'm less certain he gets punished by the NFL uh, and mm-hmm. not discussing the legal situation itself. How, what's your level of concern in terms of trying to move him? I, I mean, listen, all that background stuff aside, but I think I'd do it just to be safe to protect yourself in that situation. This might be as good of an offer as you're going to get. Now, normally, the first thing I think of, you know, we, you know, whether we're back in there asking expert days or anything like that, is the first thing you think of is who gets the best player mm-hmm. in the deal, right? And all other factors considered, Delvin Cook is the best player in that in that deal. But you get a startable, you get an RB one and a wide receiver, you know, one two, arguably all season long. So you have two starting spots locked down. You improve your depth. And you protect yourself against, you know, the, you know, the great unknown there. So I think I would be moving Delvin in that situation. Yes. Cool. All right. Let's move on to the running backs here. Um, again, we talked about the AJ Dillon news. If it, or sorry, Aaron Jones out for the next, hopefully two weeks. Again, I'm a Packers fan. So I'm saying that uh, if AJ Dillon is available, he is the spend your entire budget type of player, but we imagine he's not, he was rostered at least in 72% of Yahoo leagues as of yesterday. So the options that we have left, not tremendous. Ramondre Stevenson had a fantastic game with Damian Harris out with a concussion. There was thought that both Stevenson and Harris both could miss time. We talked about it on the mm-hmm. Tuesday podcast last week. That's why Brandon Bolden was one of our top pickups. Didn't happen. Stevenson goes and scored two, two touchdowns and 100 plus yards rushing, 56% of the snaps. I, I don't know if Damian Harris is going to be able to come back from the concussion or not yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, yeah, we'll I mean, they uh, they do an estimated report on Monday because they play Thursday. Game. Yeah, it's a short week. So they do an estimated report on Monday and uh, that indicated that he was a DNP. Now, of course, he mm-hmm. just needs the clear protocol and he could be fine. You know, that could definitely happen. But Stevenson turned out to be the guy and I don't know why they wouldn't stick with him at this point. Now, right. I would feel I would feel a lot less great about him as a starter if, you know, Harris is around and they probably share and we go back to that really murky, messy New England backfield that we're all used to here. But uh, this is a blowout game. I mean, they just, they crushed the Browns here. And, uh, you know, through the first three quarters, it's probably better to look at the snap share. And uh, that's where Stevenson was 63%. So, uh, you know, he was just he, he wasn't on the field as much in the fourth quarter. J.J. Taylor was on mop-up duty. You know, that's mostly where he got his six carries. And, of course, only three carries for Bolden. So if there's any any indication that uh, that Harris is going to miss again, um, go for it. You know, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, we liked him kind of as a rookie coming out. And, you know, there's some there's some long-term – I think there's definitely some long-term ceiling there. Maybe the plan was to always, you know, use him late in the season as they hope for maybe a playoff push. But the real question here is, you know, it's late in the season. Is he a guy that you spend all your fab on or not? And, you know, some people, you know, that I've talked to, some people will advocate, yeah, go ahead and spend all your fab on someone because they think he's a game-changer. But, I mean, this whole conversation could do a 180 in two days if Harris is suddenly back in the mix. I was say, name names because those yeah. guys are crazy. I would not go that high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. So uh, I, I I agree with that. You do not want to go that high uh, because he'll be a 10, 12 carry a game guy when when uh, Harris comes back, you know, so he needs other injuries around him to be able to uh, really have that have that max value here. So he's not a max guy. Could you spend $15 and fab on him? Absolutely. At this stage in the year, that might be enough to get him given other managers in your league, you know, draining their fab throughout the course of the year. Yeah. Maybe if you're trying to place Daryl Henderson or, or somebody like that, 
as a one week, I need a, a quality starter type of play. I would understand investing a decent amount of your remaining budget into Stevenson, but this is a one week deal. It's not like Daryl Williams or Khalil Herbert or Damian Williams before that too, where we were saying, Hey, these guys are out a minimum of three weeks. Go ahead and put a decent amount. And that's still like the Elijah Mitchells of the world too, who are going to be the starters the rest of the season. That's not this type of scenario. So while Stevenson looked good, I think Damian Harris, when he comes back in a concussion really is at most a two week deal. Uh, I think he's going to, I think it's, I think it's be unwise to go ahead and be that aggressive in terms of free agent uh, acquisitions in, in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anything else that you want to say real quick? No, not on Ramondre. I mean, I think uh, so, some people out there may be overdoing it a little bit. That's okay. That, that's the moral of the story here for me. So I want to pat myself on the back a little bit because we are pro patting backs, at least on the show. Deonta Foreman was somebody I kind of casually mentioned at the end as we were talking Titans with Derrick Henry uh, getting hurt. It was Jeremy McNichols and Adrian Peterson. And I said, just wait. I think Deonta Foreman, when he got signed with the Titans, might not be so bad. He looked pretty good against the Rams in the limited opportunity. And lo and behold, Foreman becomes, it feels like, the guy this past week against the Saints. And again, decent enough yardage total for the opportunities that he had. I think Deonta Foreman might be a thing. And I would almost have him be my top pickup this week overall, mainly because I don't think people are really going to be high on him. I, I think you can mm-hmm. get, this is the lowest you're going to be able to get Deonta Foreman the rest of the season for that Titans offense. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that uh, came out of that game Sunday. Uh, now Deontay Foreman, he led the Titans in snap share, but that was 35%. And he led the team in carries, but that was only 11 carries here. Now, it seems like uh, McNichols, who was the hot thing a few weeks ago, I mean, I jumped on that bandwagon. I think I dropped 60 on him in a league. Whoops. But uh, McNichols is going to be only game flow dependent at this point. Tennessee needs to be trailing, and then I think McNichols comes in and gets a good game. But um, so the, the Titans, the schedule ahead, I think they what they have the Texans this week, right? So yes, I think it'll be another great uh, Deontay Foreman week. And, you know, maybe Adrian Peterson comes in, vultures a touchdown or something like that. But, I mean, the backfield – it was basically thirds. Now, there, we should have realized that no one person can do what Derrick Henry can do. But this is, I mean, this is thirds, you know, maybe with a little bit less for McNichols. But again, because of game flow, I mean, the Titans, it, it was a close game throughout. So I, I guess I shouldn't say because of game flow. But 35% for Foreman, 33.3% for, for Peterson, and 26.7% for McNichols. Now, all of them played all three of them played in all four of those quarters too. So maybe it's not quite as much game flow as I was originally uh, thinking, but you got thirds. So you got to count on, you're, you're trying to buy low and invest on form and growing his role, um, you know, over Adrian Peterson down the stretch. And is it possible? Certainly. And can you pay a smaller price than expected? Because, yes. you know, after watching seven hours of commercial free football on Sunday, uh, you know, the name Deontay Foreman, never even really crossed my mind or crossed the, or crossed the screen really exactly but you have to look up at you look at the numbers and you see the snap share and then it's like oh yeah maybe uh maybe we have something here i think foreman again this is going to be the the last opportunity to get him relatively cheap uh and in deeper leagues he might have already been picked up i i, I just don't you're not going to convince me that 75 year old adrian peterson is going to be a factor in that offense moving forward and mick nichols will when they need to really pass the ball, I think Foreman has a role that's guaranteed in an offense that likes to have those types of players. So, or sorry, likes to have that type of player do what Foreman is best at. I think mm-hmm. he's a pretty safe uh, buy at the moment for as cheap as he's going. Let's yeah. move over to. Uh, well, I would say the last thing I, I want to note on on Foreman is he caught a thirty nine yard pass. 
right? So, I mean, some Henry, Derrick Henry was doing some of his damage on screens and Tennessee was making a more, you know, targeted effort to get him the ball in open field, uh, you know, via, via the passing game. And, uh, you know, Adrian Peterson has never been a pass catcher through his entire career. And if Foreman can outpace McNichols in that area of the game, then there's a lot of ceiling. Okay. Um, let's move over to Jordan Howard. Obviously, again, had a decent amount of carries for the Eagles, but didn't do a lot from a fantasy perspective. And, well, at least in standard formats, didn't do a lot. And mm-hmm. then also still not getting past the ball. Like, what's what's your take on the Eagles' backfield with Boston Scott now doing Boston Scott stuff this past week? Yeah, you know, when I was talking about the Titans being thirds, maybe I was actually thinking about the Eagles because they are true thirds. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. split three ways. I mean, all three of those guys – over 30, under 40% here. Um, Gainwell's use is a mystery to me. He came out and they used him uh, They used him right away in week one, and then it seems like, you know, they haven't really used much of him since. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard, I guess they got they got some kind of love for him, Boston Scott. I don't know. I, I want none of it, but I guess if you had to pick one, maybe Boston Scott. But, you know, then Miles Sanders is going to come back, and it's right, going to be exactly. messy. You're, you're taking – one dollar stabs at these guys as emergency flex plays if you're in dire straits i don't think anybody that's out there that tells you they know who's going to be the guy that scores this week i think you can tell them they're all full of it because none of us know that yeah and the miles sanders return i think is pretty imminent too um when that injury occurred it sounded like he was gonna be close to that three-week timetable maybe four weeks and i i believe we're at week three now Mm -hmm. of that don't don't talk to me about jordan howard i might be interested in boston scott because he has utility as both a runner and a receiver but yeah, that that's tough. And uh, Adrian's also talking about that too. I literally had game with Scott and Howard each and every week, lost three in a row. You're probably having to guess which one of those three Eagles backs uh, were going to have to be effective. It's a difficult thing, and I think that offense uh, is frustrating altogether. Like I had Devonta Steve, uh, Devonta Smith on my bench this past week. He hadn't really been doing great uh, over the course of the last month, and yet literally a difference maker at the time too. And it's it's frustrating that we're good. Um, any other running back conversation you want to have, Jake, real quick? Yeah, looking you know down at the list, I'm not going to chase the box score on, let me see if I can say this right, right? Godwin Igwebuke, because uh, you know Jamal Williams is coming back, and obviously DeAndre Swift is dominating that. So, you know, if you see, he was only out there on the field for three snaps and got two carries. So, you know, if you see a big, long touchdown play, hey, it was a nice run. I'll give him that, but there's not going to be enough volume there to get him moving forward. The other guy that I think we need to talk about, you know, that's a little bit of a late guess is uh, is Wayne Gallman because yes. Cordero Patterson has a little bit of an ankle injury that I think he was getting looked at. That's what it last was this morning. You know, I don't know if there's been any developments on that since. And then Wayne Gallman goes out there. It's 15 carries compared to four for Mike Davis. So, I mean, that alone – now maybe if not, maybe not if Patterson's hurt, but you, Mike Davis would be creeping up on the cut list if his name wasn't Mike Davis and he didn't cost you a sixth round pick this year. Uh, so you know that that's that's a conversation that's probably going to have to be had. Um, you know, again, uh, I've cut uh, him already. Yeah, uh, okay. in a, yeah, you've in a fourteen team, four bench or like like ten bench spot. I did cut Mike Davis. Uh, he got picked up almost immediately, but I I don't regret mm-hmm. cutting him at all. I ended up getting Dante Foreman with that pickup, and I would rather have Dante Foreman rest of season than Mike Davis. This um this situation with Gallman is a clear indicator that Mike Davis needs a lot to get uh a lot to work out to be able to have his fantasy value be actually rosterable at this late of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Davis only played half the snaps in the first half, and then in the second half, he played 21% of those game, uh, snaps, and uh, Gallman was the guy that they went to as the game went on. Now, 
can you argue that because they lost by 40 points, maybe it's a little bit abnormal, right? You know, we've been talking about right. game flow, game flow, game flow. Um, and, you know, Patterson would have been, he would have been around, you know, as the pass catching back when they're down that much, trying to chip away at the lead and get back in the game. Um, so I, I don't know. I just feel like Wayne Gallman's worth a mention here. But again, you know, all, the last handful of guys we've talked about are definitely not double digit fab dollars, you know, no. at this stage in the season. You throw a couple bucks, try to get them for cheap. Make sure you're not carrying dead weight on the end of your bench and, you know, are doing something with those spots. And, you know, these are guys that it could be productive. I'm always trying to cycle through those last spots and see if I catch lightning in the bottle before it happens. I, I think we might be onto something. With I thought I had it. With, I thought I had it with Tony. Kadarius Tony. Everybody does in the fantasy community, right? Yeah. Catching lightning. I think in the you bottle. still do. I think you, yeah. I, I actually feel pretty confident. Like if you got Kadarius Tony early on, it'll be fine. It hasn't been paying dividends right now, but I think the injuries and, and just everything else in the bye week too is factor in. You're fine with Tony, but I'm saying like the Deonta Foreman is really, really trying to catch lightning in the bottle. And when we're talking about mm-hmm. running backs, uh, especially in a very light waiver wire week, there might be somebody at the very end of your bench. You can say, okay, I'll yeah. go ahead and shuttle it around. If you're wrong, it costs you nothing. That's the, that's it, exactly it cost you nothing with a lot of these guys. Like that's pretty much the theme of this whole show. You know, we're running down guys, at least receivers, the receivers. There's a little bit of a different you know thing going on with receivers, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, let's actually turn to wide receivers. Before we do that, though, word from our sponsors, Yahoo. The NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit Offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million, obviously, in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlays in prizes. Play Daily Fantasy on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.com, I'm sorry, sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. Okay, wide receivers last week we had mentioned uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, Zach Pascal, uh, Rashad Bateman. Bateman ended up doing pretty good mm-hmm. with Watkins' return to the Ravens' offense. I think that's going to be an important thing to monitor. And I I've been, I been, got a lot of Bateman early, really right when he came off of injury reserve, didn't turn into too much. But I'm to the point right now where I'm starting Bateman and Marquise Brown if I really am in a bind. And it's been working okay for the Ravens' offense thus far. Yeah, sure. The other guy, uh, I mean, we were our cover boy last week was Elijah Moore, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, no, he only had six Love targets. You. Yeah, he only had six targets, but you know, garbage time, garbage, no such thing as garbage time in fantasy, right? Um, you could argue that he's a downgrade with Wilson back because Mike White loved him so much, but I will say that he's only 51% rostered in Yahoo and 38% on ESPN, so there's still plenty of availability there. Um, I, you know, I was kind of alluding to it as we were getting into it. The theme with wide receivers this week, it's a lot of retreads. It's a lot of just, it's a lot of guys that you need an emergency flex and you can pick them up and start, but I don't think there's one you know, unless you count Eliza more, just, you know, being a young player and the upside that generally comes with that. I don't mm-hmm. think there's one guy necessarily that stands out there. You're like that if they don't do well this week, they won't be right back on the chopping block next week is how I should say it. 
Okay, yeah, I, I, I kind of am right there with you. Elijah Moore is one guy. We've talked uh, a decent about M- Michael Gallup at this point. Made his return this past week, had three catches on five targets for 42 yards. That was, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. a complete and utter blowout really yeah. from the get-go. It's so actually sure encouraging could... that he was targeted five times in exactly, a 40-point yeah. victory here. The other thing with Gallup, I will say, now he's over our threshold, 53% Yahoo, 52% ESPN as of like midnight last night. Uh, midnight central, you know, roughly around that time. But the snap count was also interesting. Gallup had more snaps. He was on the field for 55.6% of snaps than CD lamb, who was only 43.1. Amari Cooper led it at 66.7. Now again, very unique game flow with the 40 point victory, but uh, the, the, the workload was actually pretty encouraging for Gallup. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it might be okay to start him right around Thanksgiving time, you know? Yeah. Um, Julie asked, I think actually asked, asks actually an interesting question here. So she lists four wide receivers, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, uh, Odell Beckham, and then I, I assume Marquez Calloway. I'm not sure of a Galloway, so I'm assuming it's Marquez Joey Galloway, right? Joey Galloway. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But the, oh, the, the 2004 Seahawks? Buccaneers team is going to be insane for fantasy this year if they had Tom Brady as the quarterback. And I'm, I'm tying that in with then a question yes later on, AJ Green or Rondell Moore rest of season. This is really a mark for me to say any of these wide receivers that we're talking about now – AJ Green, I'm taking over every one of them, and I'm pretty darn low on AJ Green. So, well, I guess not Elijah Moore. I'd rather have Elijah Moore over AJ Green. You gave me like a, a grumpy face. Do you disagree with that? Oh no, I'm just I'm grumpy because this kind of question requires me to look up like eight stats on live <laughs> well, I, on, I, on a live stream. Jake, I'm not asking you to look up stats. <laughs> that, that that's way too much. To be able to give a good, is, good to get a good answer when we get this far down the barrel, right? Um, yeah. Because my gut was like, uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be Tyler Boyd? Um, but then again, he was only targeted twice last week and I just needed to, I just needed a little refresher on Tyler Boyd because I thought he was better. Um, but 15 targets the two weeks before, and they have a bye week uh, or no, they're just off their bye week Hmm. No, this is interesting. I really don't like any of those options. I, I mean, okay, hold on. I brought this question up, Jake, because I don't like any of them either. It's, I agree. Like to answer the question to Julia, can I say none? Because, right, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Odell Beckham, and Kenny Galladay. Is, it's not Joey Galloway, but Kenny Galladay. None of them are, are tremendously high for me. But the floor, again, with the players that we're about to mention for wide receiver, other than Elijah Moore, I'm probably rostering each one of these guys over them. I guess Darnell Mooney, too, who is at 46% roster on Yahoo at the moment. I would rather have Darnell Mooney over, I, I think, probably mm-hmm. every one of these guys. Yeah, so I'm reading through like all these guys on this list of four, they're guys that you cycle through, you add and drop every single week. None of these guys in are a 10 team league. Yeah. Especially in a 10 team league. I don't know. None of these guys are holds for me, despite what Odell's ownership percentage says uh, on these websites. None of those guys are holds for <laughs> me. I would rather, like you said, try to catch lightning in a bottle and go for Rondell Moore or geez, even Bateman or somebody that could really, you know, progress and, and be a game changer with the rest of those guys. You kind of know what you're getting and it ain't a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying you want Rondell Moore over all those guys, including AJ Green, because that was Julie's other question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, w- w- what's the attractiveness of AJ Green? DeAndre Hopkins uh, is coming five back. Five for fifty every single week, even when Hopkins is around. I'm low on yeah, I'm guess. low on the seventy five year old AJ Green in the same way that I'm Adrian Peterson. But there's a safe floor that comes with it. Whereas Rondell Moore, you're either getting five for one hundred and twenty or zero for two. You know, like it just there isn't a lot of 
in between. And we don't know what Kyler Murray's status is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals are rightfully playing for the postseason and don't want to risk their star superstar quarterback being injured long term with a calf thing. I, I would rather have AJ Green every time over Rondell Moore rest of season. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, this is a good question because it really makes this is a it's a real thinker because. I'm trying to find an angle here for one of these guys. And honestly, you're just cycling through that last roster spot every week is, is how I'm seeing this. Okay. Well, let's, let's go back to the rundown a little bit more. Cause we talked about Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Darnell Mooney. Uh, Julia says she's the, the roster in every league. Great. Well, in 40, uh, 48% of the leagues, Darnell Mooney is not rostered. So if he is mm-hmm. pick him up, that should be a number that's significantly higher with the way yeah. the Bears offense. I think what happened is uh, people dropped him during his buy. Yeah. And figuring, they'd be, figuring they'd be able to get him back. And based on these numbers, it looks like they might. Yeah. Um, the other one, at least to mention, is Jamal Agnew, who's had like four straight weeks of semi-productive play. That's another lightning in the bottle pickup that we were recommending uh, a month ago when that DJ Chark injury happened. We thought for sure LaVisca Chenault would be the beneficiary. Well, no, it's little-known special teams guy Jamal Agnew, who's getting slot snaps and had a 76-yard rushing touchdown this past week, whatever, however long it was. I'm I'm not certain on Jamal Agnew as a guy that you can consistently play, but yeah. I can tell you in deeper leagues, he is rostered in every one of my teams, and I'm very comfortable with that. Really? So this, to me, seems a little bit like, uh, I, I don't want to say fluky, but yes, I will say fluky. Um, you know, the Jags were kind of trying to limit James Robinson a bit, so they gave Agnew three carries. They gave LaVisca Chenault two carries, just a weird... Weird situation overall. I think, you know, we see James Robinson take a bigger piece of the pie in weeks moving forward. But the one thing that I'll give you that's interesting, even though Agnew didn't haul in any of his five targets, Jags are running three wide receiver sets here. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that because, you know, Marvin Jones, 85.5% of snaps, Chenault 77.4, followed right by Agnew with 75.8% of snaps. So, I mean, you got to be on the field to do something. And I know you believe in Trevor Lawrence more than most. I don't know if that's waned. I mean, long-term, of course, you could still be fine. But as far as this season, I don't know if that's waned at all. And if there's enough uh, room to have a third-wide receiver here. But if they're using him in creative ways, I could see that. It would have to be like a deep 16-team league or something. I bet you, I don't know, stake league waivers, he'll pack, he'll come and go. I don't, I don't know if he's around. The other guy I want to talk about, at least as a short-term ad here, is uh, – is Marcus Johnson. He caught five of his six targets for a hundred yards against, uh, you know, against the saints this week. And uh, he gets, uh, the, you know, the Texans this week with uh, Julio Jones still on IR, you know, AJ Brown had 81% of the snaps there and 62 point. And uh, let me see. Oh, geez. I lost it already, but uh, he, it was a significant uh, amount uh, of workload is what I'm going to say here with Marcus Johnson. And again, short-term ad, but you know, he's a name that uh, you know, people aren't necessarily going to uh, be flocking to and you can start them in an emergency. If you're uh, really in a bind on Sundays, how I should frame that. You know, it's funny that the Titans have shuttled through AFC South wide receivers for a lot of the season. I didn't really even recognize it. Chester Rogers was uh, a former Colt and, and obviously did pretty good, or at least was, <laughs> was relatively consistent when AJ Brown was dealing with his stuff and Julio Jones was out for a duration of period. Now we have Marcus Johnson, another former Colt that's kind of popped up. I thought Marcus Johnson passed the eye test. You're talking about the seven hours of uninterrupted uh, commercial free football. There's a few clips where I was like, oh, hey, who is that guy? <laughs> Marcus Johnson, Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson, I think, could be an interesting name. But if I'm like ranking my really depth wide receivers, I'm taking Jamal Agnew every time in a full point PPR format because I know Agnew's role is guaranteed on a really crappy offense. And I can't say the same about Marcus Johnson when we've seen both Chester Rogers 
uh, and Nick Westbrook Akeen have opportunities this mm-hmm. season to be fantasy okay. relevant. So I have the uh, I got the snap data in front of me again. I wrote it down poorly. I had to look it up again. You know, that's my bad. AJ Brown, 81 percent. Marcus Johnson, 62.1%. Westbrook Akeen, 37.9%. Chester Rogers, 36.2%. Des Fitzpatrick even got a little bit of work in. So that right there tells me, um, you know, when you're on the 20% more in a close game, uh, that he'll have more utility uh, over the next couple weeks, uh, at least through the bye. You can cut him off after the bye week probably, though you might not want to if there's a Jag- with a Jaguars matchup for the Titans in week 14. Um, I think I'd probably take Johnson over Agnew at this point. I Better team better role you know he's looks like the number two even if it's for a shorter term where agnew's the the surefire number three so um again we're we're pulling you know we're, we're picking that, on that one yeah you know, exactly. we, we, we're gonna i didn't think we'd be debating jamal agnew versus marcus johnson at any point in the show but you know what here we are because that's the week i demand that excellence from you jake that's what it yes. is <laughs> uh any other wide receiver discussion that you want to have otherwise we can turn our attention uh to the tight ends Let's go to tight ends. All right. Well, before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsors, Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim that subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of $10, and receive 100% deposit bonus back up to $100. Then you play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Again, visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of $10, and of course, you can get back up to $100. And then you play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. That's Thrive Fantasy. All right, let's go over to the tight ends. Friar Muth was a... Hot, hot, hot item this past week. And I think rightfully so, mm-hmm. the Ben Roethlisberger COVID situation dialed that down a little bit. And I actually tweeted out, I think Frymouth was the one that was going to lose the most workload, even though Claypool was gone. Lo and behold, it ended up being correct. Najee Harris ended up doing just fine. Deontay Johnson did just fine. It was Frymouth that kind of took the L on that. We ended up, uh, we did a live stream on Sunday morning or just a live Q&A thread on the Rotowire, at Rotowire Twitter account. And I think I saw more questions regarding Fryermuth than any other player. Everybody wanted to know. I think he's a really, respect. really good guy and is going to be fantastic when uh, Mason, it's not Christmas, Rudolph is not your starting quarterback for the Steelers. Fair that's, that's That's really how I kind of see it. Um, from tight ends, though, this week, I think we got to run back Dan Arnold. I mean, he has been a podcast favorite for, it feels like, the past two mm-hmm. months. And you talk about Jamal Agnew having some relevance. Dan Arnold has quietly asserted himself, I think, is like tight end 12 uh, across the entire year this season. The volume has been incredibly consistent, and that's, you know, he's had seven or more targets in each game after the bye. Now, the problem here is he hasn't scored because the Jags offense can't score. So what do you so in a standard format, you know, with no PPR? He has yet to see double-digit fantasy points on the season. He has yet to score more than seven standard fantasy points in a game this season. But there is value out there to a tight end that can go out and get you six a game pretty consistently, and the targets and the volume are definitely there. Yeah, I I kind of – I think he is a guy that I was not happy to start two weeks ago and had to keep in my roster for X, Y, and Z reason. I think Dan Arnold kind of is is okay enough. The other tight end at least I wanted to mention real quick is Logan Thomas – Washington's Ricky Seals Jones was injured this past week's in, in this past week's win over the Buccaneers. Logan Thomas was already close to returning off of injury reserve as designated to practice this past week. I think Logan Thomas will be back, and if he's back, should be immediately inserted as the number two target, not wide receiver, but target 
for Washington's offense. I, I think Logan Thomas, I don't know what his roster rate was. I know a couple of weeks ago it was still around 50%. And if he's all hey, he's only up to 54%. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I think I Logan actually, Thomas is I didn't actually player. write him down because I figured the market was going to correct that, but uh doesn't seem to be the case yet. Yeah, I, I still would have Logan Thomas over Dan Arnold, but Arnold is number two pretty clearly among the tight ends. After that, I don't know. Adam Troutman, popular uh, yeah. Let uh, me popular make, guy at the start of the season. Yeah, no, I'll make a case for Adam Troutman here. He seems to have some decent chemistry with Simeon, at least, and there's nothing to indicate to me yet that Taysom Hill's suddenly going to go out there and right. throw 30 passes each week. It looks like Simeon is going to be the guy with Taysom Hill still being gadgeting. Gadgety and uh, Troutman five or six targets for 32 yards. You know, there's not a whole lot there, but uh, you know, if you want to not chase box scores and be a little preemptive about it, he has the Eagles this week in week 11 who are dead last in the league in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends here. So they've been getting torched by tight ends. And now you can say a lot of that schedule dependent, but now that we have a 10 week sample size, maybe that means something. So, you know, Troutman's, I would say his stock is trending up a little bit. And, you know, again, if you if you need a tight end, two or somebody to, you know, flex in an emergency, who do we have on by? Noah Fant's on by this week with the Broncos. Higby. And, and Higby's on by. So it's not a huge tight end by week, but, you know, you might need a guy. Chances are if you had either of those guys, you maybe were only carrying one anyway. Troutman's an acceptable tight end, too. Yeah, I'm looking in that direction, at least for Noah Fant as well. But it's, I'm firing up the Dan Arnold trade once more. Tyler Conklin kind of ends up uh, fluctuating between this podcast each and every week too. He had two touchdowns this past week goes against the Packers defense, which has been great. Uh, but we'll find out if Kirk cousins and Delvin cook is better than Mahomes, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Uh, when those two teams face off this week, I'm not super interested in Tyler Conklin. I think he's incredibly touchdown dependent, but that offense has been getting near the red zone and I think has big play potential. We know the Vikings always play the Packers hard. What's your read yeah. on this one? Well, I mean, I, so I remember this sequence pretty clearly from Sunday where Delvin Cook got stuffed multiple times and they went for it on f- fourth down, you know, right down at the one. Mm-hmm. Kirk pulled it and did a little pop pass to Conklin. You know, like that is, uh, you know, if that that's in the playbook. Obviously, we've seen it. So he can have these games that score. But to me, Conklin is... He's pretty similar to CJ Ozoma, Uzoma, right? Because he'll have two touchdown or single touchdown, you know, good weeks, and then he'll disappear for weeks after that. And that is the tight end market. You know, when we're talking about tight ends 14, 15, 16 in the league, uh, you know, at least in terms of fantasy, um, you know, that that's kind of what you're going to get. So, you know, I, do I have a strong lean? Conklin or Uzoma this week. I'm just mentioning Uzoma because a lot of he was dropped in a lot of leagues, you know, with a, a relatively recent buy. So uh, you know, what, what are people gonna do now? Um, but you know, Zoma is interesting too. Uh, Vegas is not good against tight ends. They're a bottom two or three team, you know, again, in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. So uh, I don't know. There's a handful of guys out there. I'm, you know, it is what it is, but definitely you want to pick Logan Thomas, number one. I think Troutman, you can maybe sneak by and low on him. So he gets in the conversation and uh, I'll, I'll still rank Dan Arnold too for consistency though. Okay. So you mentioned Uzoma and then Gerald Everett. How do you rank those two guys as well too? Um, Everett's interesting. It doesn't look like uh DK is gonna get uh suspended just fine. So it's not like there are more targets opening up. I mean, Gerald Everett's Everett seems like he's an upgrade with Russ back. He was the only guy that could cut, catch passes from Russ. You know what a DK and Lockett combined for? Like three catches or something. <laughs> yeah, just, I think something, something pretty small. It's something pretty stellar, right? Um but uh, no, he he seemed to. I mean, he was the only guy you know that was catching passes out there. So maybe there's maybe there's something to that. But you know, I, again, we're I, I've got these names down, but 
you know, how many of them are you actually picking up? You probably, I probably rank them in just about the order that we ha- that I write them down here. So I think I would too. Uh, yeah. And, and really I'm only using roster spots on Logan Thomas and, and Dan Arnold. And that's, mm-hmm. that's basically it. Um, moving over to the streaming defenses, we mentioned the 49ers who I think again have Jacksonville this week, but you could get by starting them at least next couple weeks, possibly, or maybe like a low end uh, one defense, but the top one has to be the Titans going against Tyrod Taylor uh, and the Houston Texans, right? Especially yeah. with the way the Titans are running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that. The only problem with that is that, uh, you know, Tennessee is 61% rostered. So they don't quite meet any of our thresholds, but uh, they should still be the first name you type in just in case. Okay, and then anybody else from a defense perspective that you want to talk about besides mm-hmm. the Niners and Titans? So after the Niners and Titans, I mean, I know Russ Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson on Sunday. He's right. still banged mm-hmm. up. But in back-to-back weeks now, the Packers defense has, you know, relatively pretty much shut down you know their opponents the defense didn't lose them that that game against the Chiefs that's for sure but whenever you hold the Chiefs to 20 points or less there's something to be said for that even if the Chiefs maybe aren't the Chiefs you know people get get freaked out about them this year I think they've just ran into a couple of tough matchups and obviously they came out and balled out this past week uh, you know after the Packers matchup so uh yeah they've got a couple of injuries there the matchup against Minnesota doesn't pop off the page for sure but um you know and they've got some injuries there too. You know, they lost an outside linebacker in Marcellus or Sean Gary hurt his elbow. But I mean, you know, they got guys that are stepping up and looking pretty pristine. And at only a third rostered, you could do worse on a week to week basis there. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And then I guess Carolina uh, against Heineke. You know, if you if you play by my checklist, right? You know, the low over unders and the home game. Then, then yeah, Carolina, you know, they, they have played pretty well as far as, yeah. you know, every time we talk about, you know, when I'm looking up a matchup against Carolina, it's like, oh, they're ranked pretty highly against opposing mm-hmm. running backs, pretty highly against receivers and quarterbacks. So, like, they're, you know, they're stopping, they're stopping opponents here. And I think, uh, you know, we'll get a little bit better quarterback play. I mean, Sam Darnold had one of the worst three-game stretches in the last decade for quarterbacks, you know, and, you know, P.J. Walker wasn't getting it done either. If they get some stability there, you know, and can maybe get a, a few first downs here, possess the ball a little bit longer, maybe even score some points. I think Carolina's defense could be improved a little bit as well. Only 30% rostered. You know, Taylor Heineke's not scaring anybody. Scary Terry might, but, you know, um, it, it also, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this, but it doesn't look like uh, Fitzpatrick's going to come off IR the rest of the nope. year. Right. It's, it's like he's out for the year. It's the Taylor Heineke show from here on out. But, you know, not that that matters for the Panthers defense this week. I just figured they were worth a mention. You know, they got the home game. You know, they're going to show the cam hype videos, the cam highlight videos, you know, all about the intangibles mm-hmm. and the X factor here. And, you know, I, like I said, opposing quarterback doesn't scare me. Not only that, I don't know, maybe they still love Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera revenge game, right? Possible, <laughs> possible for sure. All maybe right. The that, other way, maybe the <laughs> other way around. That does it for us in the week 11. Oh my God. It feels crazy to say it. week 11 waiver wire uh, podcast again, November 16th. We are oh so close to those Thanksgiving matchups uh, and the unofficial official end of the NFL season and fantasy season, at least in my mind, uh, Jake, you have a lot going on, at least from a college basketball perspective. And I'd be remiss not to mention that you are doing some great work over on the site right now. Can you tell the listeners? Yeah, uh, I mean, real quick? well, first and foremost, because you mentioned Thanksgiving, I've had a real hard time cooking stuffing over the past couple of years. Mm. So get at me at Roto Jake if you have a good stuffing recipe for me, please. I I, I, I could use uh, some help there. More importantly, college basketball season is in full swing. And uh, no, we've got you covered across the board. 
you know, at Rotowire, we, you know, we're projecting more players and teams and writing more notes and doing more depth charts and, and doing everything. You know, I try to ramp it up every year and I might've outdid myself this year, you know, maybe caught a little cold and it's sleeping a whole lot, but I'm, I'm giving you the best college basketball product that we can have uh, possibly from a fantasy standpoint. You know, all the tools just, you know, you see the you see the link down there that rotowire.com slash try link. Obviously, you get all your fantasy football stuff, but, you know, you're going to get your hockey, your basketball, my college basketball. We got fights this weekend, too. You know, I'm staying busy over here this time of year. We like to hear that. All right. Again, that does it for us on the week 11 waiver wire podcast sponsored by WinBet. Back again next week. Best of luck on your fantasy lineups.